excited to be here at Elevate tonight. Let's make some noise. Awesome. That is awesome. So, so glad you guys are here with us tonight. Welcome to Elevate Youth. I just want to take a second and just welcome all of our sixth graders turned seventh graders. So if you guys just give them a big round of applause, you guys. Yeah. They just graduated from sixth grade. They're, they're happy to be here. I've talked to a lot of them already. It's a good time to be at Elevate. So I just want to give you guys just a quick, quick, I mean, quick rundown of what we are about. So um, most of you guys, hopefully all of you guys, should have one of these shirts by now. If you don't have a shirt, you can catch me or an adult leader after service, and we can get you one either tonight or next time. But Elevate, you know, the name Elevate, it means up, right? It means to go up. We are, this, on the back of the t-shirts are our mission, which is reach up, raise up, and rise up. And basically, that just means reach up to God. We are calling teenagers to reach up to God with everything they have, to raise up others around them in new life in Christ, and then finally to rise up to their unique upward calling in Christ. So it's focused. It's reach up to God. It's God, others, in our calling. And that's, those are the three things that we focus on at Elevate, not for when you're an adult, not for when you go to college, but for right now, right this minute. So tonight I'm going to begin a brand new series, brand new message series called Countdown to Bold. Countdown to Bold. If you guys are excited for Bold, let's make another round of applause, you guys. Man. I think it's like, I think it's like 27 days away or something like that. It's something like really low. It's like crazy. Um, we've got 50, exactly 50 teenagers, not counting volunteers or leaders going, so we are packing a bus, that's for sure. We've got a big charter bus along with three other vehicles, so we've got four, we've got a whole caravan going down. It's going to be, it's going to be awesome. We've got a 56 charter bus. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty solid. It's the same, it's the same company as last year, so if you guys remember last year, oh, what was his name? Bruce. Bruce, Yeah. I'm, ho I'm really hoping Bruce is our bus driver. He was awesome. He, uh, so we went to Power Play last year, which we're going to Power Play again this year. But we went to Power Play last year, and actually we went to Incredible Pizza. We're going to Power Play this year. Okay. I know, I know. But um, <laughs> he, he, so Bruce, he's a professional bus driver. I got to race him on the go-karts. He, he was, like, doing laps around me. I don't even know how. Like, they all go the same speed, Bruce. Like, I don't understand. But anyways, I, hope, I really hope we get Bruce. But yeah, Bold is four weeks away. So this message series, Countdown to the Bold, is a four-week message series. The first three weeks, including tonight, we're going to go over our Elevate mission statement. So the reach up, raise up, and to rise up. And so, and you know, tonight we're going to be doing reach up. And then the fourth week, the week right before Bold, we're going to have a prayer and worship night um, just to get our hearts right and get our minds in the right spots and I just want to encourage you, if you aren't going, if you can't make it to the Bold Conference, don't tune out for this message series because this isn't just about those going to Bold. It's a check. It's a check for us. It should be like a check, a conviction time for our hearts. Are we really living out our mission as a church? Are we really living out our mission as a person, as a Christian, as a teenager in our community? And this is, again, this is not just about the bold. In fact, very, very little of it will actually apply to bold. But we are just getting ready. We're getting our hearts right. So this is a check for us. Are we living out our mission of reach up, raise up, and rise up? 
as a church and as an individual. So to kick off tonight, I'm going to pray, and we're going to get right into it. Father God, I just thank you for this amazing group of people. Pray that you bless our hearts, bless my words. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Who here watches top 10 lists on YouTube? I unashamedly watch, watch Mojo. I know it's like kind of cringy now, but like I like, I don't know, I just love those top 10 lists. But what I hate the most about those lists, and it's not usually Watch Mojo that does this, but I see this all the time, and you guys have too. It's like, here's the top 10, you know, movies of the decade. Number three will surprise you. I hate that. I hate that. It's like, I was interested before, but now just out of spite, I'm not going to click it. Like, is anybody else like that? Like, I'm just out of spite, I'm not even going to click that anymore. But we all, you know, I think there's something inside of us that we like to order things. We like to see you know, what the top 10 movies of the decade are, what the top 10 open world video games are. And then, but most importantly, I think we all want to see what number one is. You know, we all, you know, if you're in a rush, you might even just skip to number one and just see what number one is and not even care about the top nine. Top Gun. I heard, I heard some people liked Top Gun. I know Zach likes Top Gun. <laughs> it's morbid time. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, um, back on track, back on track. We all love to see what number one is, which is clearly Morbius. Number two is Top Gun. It's a close second. But, you know, I think, I think each of us, and all of, and I think we all have like a top ten most important things about us. You know, we might not know what it is, but I think there is a priority in our hearts of what's the top ten most important things about us. And, and some of us know some things that might make the list. Like, you know, my friend Zach here, he... If I had to add what, the, what one of the top ten things is, is I know he loves retro video games. Like, if you had to just describe Zach, I think retro video games might make the top ten. And let's see, I've got Carson Rubinett down there. If I had to think of the top ten things that would make Carson Rubinett's, you know, top ten most important things about him, I would have to say CeCe's Pizza is probably up there. Is that, okay, that's, that might be, like, number two. I don't know, like, I know he likes CeCe's Pizza. Yeah. Um, so I think we all could think of things that are in the top 10 most important things. Does anybody just have anything at the top of their mind? Just, just shout it out. Anything that you might make the top 10 list of your life. Mountain Dew, Transformers, Smash Brothers. Yeah. What'd you say? Girls? <laughs> all right. <laughs> wow, okay. I, I don't even have a response to that. Like, man, this guy's got it going, I guess. But... So we've all got top 10 things. You know, I don't know if you guys, I've been, I've been like unashamedly, I don't even care anymore. I'm not even embarrassed. I've been keeping up with the Johnny Depp trial. It's like the most important thing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I don't know why. I don't, yeah, I'm not even into that stuff. But for some reason, I've just been like obsessed with it. It's like all over my TikTok now. But like, you know, it's just weird to think about. It's like Johnny Depp, that guy's a human being. Like, he's got a top 10 most important things list. And I'm sure like Pirates Caribbean's probably on there. It's like, I'm sure he's got uh, Edward Scissor's hands is probably on there. That's a great movie. Willy Wonka. Willy Wonka. <laughs> that, Willy Wonka was like, is that the, no, it was, I think it was the original that had the very unsettling scene in it of the tunnel. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? That was, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I, I know for a fact, 
And, and this, is, this is, you know, I'm kind of like moving on. But I know for a fact that every human to ever exist in all of history, I'm thinking Johnny Depp, Elon Musk, you know, Queen Elizabeth, you know, like every human, you know, Carson Robinette, all of, every human shares the same number one on the top ten list, right? Every human shares the same number one, and it, it, I'm going to share what it is. A.W. Tozer, he's a, he's a famous Christian author. There's a quote by him. It says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. It's number one on our top ten list. Whether, whether we see it or not, whether we acknowledge it or not, it's the number one most important thing on our list. How you see God, how you see your Heavenly Father, and what you do about it are the most important things about you, the most important things you could ever do, the important things you could ever catch. Why is this true? I believe it's because our, well, first of all, our heavenly, no, our relationship with our Father is the most important stepping stone and the foundation to everything else in our life. Listen, if, if you don't believe in God, right, if you don't believe in God, if you say what, you know, what, what we think of when we think of God, if we think of him as non-existent, well, first of all, just because we don't believe it doesn't automatically make it untrue. And I know the reverse is also as well. But let's just say hypothetically that God is true. If we don't believe in him, that doesn't make him untrue. But that still changes things. That changes our perspectives. That changes our mindset on how culture should be. That, that even changes our morals to an extent. And so what, what, if you don't believe in God, that's still the number one thing most important about you if God exists. Let's say you believe in God, but you see him as a God that is always upset at you, or as a father that's just waiting for you to fail, or he's always disappointed, or you, you, you know he's upset that you never spend time with him, then that's going to change your perspective. That's going to change your worldview, and that's going to change everything about how you live and how you do. You know, an example of this, uh, I've been watching this new show called Kenobi. Has anybody else been watching that? Okay. <laughs> I thought I would catch some traction here. I thought I'd catch a little bit of traction. It is so good, guys. It is like best best show of all time. I, I really love Kenobi because if my if my beard ever gets really scruffly, I can just say I'm just going for the Kenobi look, right? Like, I know, I know. <laughs> but okay, so Kenobi. I, I'm going to go just a little bit into Star Wars lore. I'm not going to spoil Kenobi, by the way. But Kenobi happens between episodes three and four of Star Wars canon, right? And um, basically. Young, he, Kenobi's mission on Tatooine is to watch over young Luke Skywalker, okay? And young Luke Skywalker, what I want to talk about is what happens to Luke when he is much older. You see, throughout Luke's life, he believes that Darth Vader, the biggest villain in the whole universe, killed his father. But what he begins to learn, I am going to spoil episode five, by the way, like Star Wars episode five. You guys have had like 40 years to figure this out. So what he, what he, what he, uh, figures out about Darth Vader changes everything in his life. And so I want to show you the clip of what happens when Luke finds out the truth about Darth Vader. And honestly, I, don't, I didn't want to just show you the clip. I found this YouTube video of a live crowd reaction from 1980 of when they, in the cinema, when they found out this scene, when they were first watching this scene. The audio is kind of bad because it was 1980, but if you can listen, you can hear the reactions. So I want to show you guys this clip. So let's watch. Mm -hmm. 
time I watch that clip, it gives me chills. Like, I just wish, I wish so badly I could have been there in 1980 and have not known anything about what happened to Star Wars. And if you, if I just, I wish I was, I mean, I could have happened now, but like, you know, most of us, like, we were born just already knowing what happened. And it's like, not fair. Like, it shouldn't be fair. And it, I guess if you didn't know, I kind of just spoiled it for now. It's like a once in a lifetime opportunity here. And I just, oh, I'm sorry. But I don't. I just really want to watch Star Wars now. I'm going to watch Episode Three of Kenobi when I get home. So got to cut the sermon short. Um, no, but for real, how you see your father, how you see your heavenly father, changes everything. It it changes your perspective. It changes your worldview. And so that's what I want to do tonight. Is tonight we're going to tackle reach up, the first part of our mission: reach up to God with everything we have. Everybody say reach up. Reach up. There you go. You know, we're reaching up not to him with just some things, not to him with nothing, right? But we're going to reach up to him with everything, with our actions, with our thoughts, with our will, with our emotions. You know, so tonight I'm going to focus on this question, what does it mean to reach up to God? And I just want to go, Christianity is the only religion that's unique to the other religions. You know, so the other religions are man's attempt to reach God. But Christianity is God's attempt to reach man. If you do any sort of study on Christianity or other religions, you find that to be true. And so this is, the Bible says that if we reach up to God, God is already reaching down to us. He's not going to impose his relationship on us. He's going to let that be a free choice because that's what true love is. And so this one may be the simplest of our three missions because all we have to do is say yes but it is literally the most important one. It's how we see God. 1 John 3 in the Passion Translation, I just want to read this to you guys. It says, Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us. He has called us and made us his very own beloved children. He's made us his own beloved children. I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna just kind of skim the rest of the verse, but the truth is our relationship with God is not a microwave relationship. It's not a quick fix. It's not, and it shouldn't be a task or a chore, but it should be a real on fire relationship that looks like a father and a son or a father and a daughter. And I think some of us in this room might struggle with that 
because either, you know, we haven't grown up with a father figure in our life, or maybe the one we had wasn't a good one. And so that's gonna, that might be a bit of a struggle, but throughout our Bible, your relationship with God has been prophesied and described as like a father and a child. And so, listen, what I want to do tonight is that if you've been treating your relationship with God like anything other than what a father and a child relationship is, then what I want to challenge you guys tonight is to repent of that. And I know repent is like a big word that people throw around. You hear lots of pastors be like, repent for the hellfire's coming down to you. You know, like, but it's, it's a big word that sounds scary, but it really just means to turn aside from your way. It means to change the way you think about it. And so if you haven't been seeing your relationship with God like a father and a child, then I just want to invite you to change that, to start, to start taking steps to change that. Um, I've been seeing an example form in my own life, you know, with my son. I was kind of carrying him around earlier. He was one in, like, the Ewok teddy bear costume. I'm just, my mind's just on Star Wars tonight, guys. But... We gave, last night, we gave him a bath for the first time, and I actually have a picture of it. I, I couldn't help myself, guys. He is adorable. He hated the bath. When he got out, he hated the bath, but when he was in it, he was awesome. Man, man he's pretty cute. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. He's got my eyes, I think, but, but you know, as a father now, I don't want Judah, I don't want my son to see our relationship as a chore. How heartbreaking would that be for me if he saw it as a chore and as a task and not as a loving relationship between a father and a son? That would literally break my heart. <laughs> and I think, I know a lot of you guys, I know, you know, you guys, most of you guys don't have kids. I think that would be a little young to have kids. It's possible, but it'd be a little young. But I think maybe a good example of that would be like a really close friend that you have. You know, you can think of, like, your closest friend. You don't want your friend to treat that relationship like a chore or a task or as something they have to do or you'll be upset at them. Or they're like, oh, I guess I got to go hang out with Lindsay now. You know, I, I just, I'm, you're my sister. I'm just picking on you because you're my sister. <laughs> I guess I got to hang out with Lindsay or she's going to be super upset at me or I, I didn't say the right thing in our conversation yesterday, so she's probably going to, like, send a sickness upon me. Lindsay's got these, like, I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to go into it. She's got, like, these magical powers over here. But, but for real, you don't want your friends or your future children or your spouse to feel like they, it's a chore or a task to have a relationship with them. And I think every one of us, even the strongest Christians to ever exist, have struggled with this. And I think even, even if you've been walking with God your whole life, this could be even a weekly or a daily struggle to not see it as a chore, to not see it as a task. And so what I want to invite you guys to do tonight is to repent from that. The key to living a life of reaching up is to, the key to living a life of reaching up is to have humility. And it's to, to um, lead a humble life. And so that's really what I want to hit on this week. I'm kind of changing my notes a little bit, so Brittany, some of the things might be a little different. But we have to be humble, Right? I had four points, but we're running late, so I'm kind of focusing on the one I focused on the most anyways. So the key to living a life of reaching up to God is a life of humility. And ultimately, because pride is the ultimate sin, right? Pride isn't necessarily being arrogant and puffing yourself up, although that is pride. 
um, what's also what's important is that is that pride is different than that. Like it, it includes that, but pride is just basically putting your thoughts and your ways above anything else, right? That's what pride is. So that looks like arrogance, but that can also look like if you are constantly being down on yourself and you're saying, I'm worthless, I'm unlovable. God doesn't say that. God says you are loved. God says you are special. God says you are chosen. God says, I formed you in the womb. And so by saying you are unlovable or you are worthless, you're putting your thoughts above God's thoughts. And that's pride. That's arrogance. And so humility is saying, God, I want your ways. The relationship that I want is a relationship that you describe. So I want to invite the worship team. They're going to come back up. And during this time, during this song, I don't want you guys to come up front. You guys, you don't even have to stand up. But what I want us to do is I want us to feel convicted. I want us to have this moment with God to where it says, I don't know all the steps just yet. I don't know what it's going to look like. But God, I want a relationship for you. I don't know how to do it just yet, but I have to start somewhere. And that's, that's the real beauty of it, is that we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to be perfect because God is not looking for perfection. God already created perfection in Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Jesus lived a perfect sinless life and he died for our sins. Not just so that he could die, or even not just so that he could pay the price for us, but he rose again to give us new life. The Bible says in Galatians 2.20 that it says, it's no longer I who live. It's no longer I who live. It's no longer you who live now. By accepting Jesus, you're saying it's not, it's not just me now. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ. It's Jesus. It's the pure righteousness. It's the perfection who is living inside of me now. Wouldn't it be wrong for God to look at you and judge you by who you were. It is no longer you who live, but it's Christ who lives inside of you. That would be wrong for God to look at you and to judge you for your dead self, because that's not you anymore. You might be like, Sean, I still sin. Sean, I messed up last night. I'm still, I'm still addicted. Listen, we are not sinners barely saved by grace, but we are grace-filled Jesus carriers who sometimes sin. We are grace-filled Jesus carriers who sometimes sin. We live in a fallen world. Yes, you still have free will. Yes. But it's Jesus who is living inside of you now. And so it is wrong for God. It would be wrong for God to judge you by your dead old self who you were. And that's what reaching up is all about. That's what reaching up and giving God everything is all about. Some of you guys in this room are getting it and you're like, yeah, I've been saved, but I haven't been acting like I'm saved. I've been saved, but I haven't been acting. I, I've, been, I've been allowing my thoughts to wrongly have God judge me by my old self. I haven't been viewing my relationship with God correctly. And I want to challenge you guys to repent from that. And again, that's not, that's not, I don't use that as like a weapon, I don't use that word as a weapon or a threat. 
I'm just saying turn from your old ways of thinking about it and turn towards Jesus. Some of you guys here haven't hit the Galatians 2.20 yet. You haven't allowed Christ to be inside of you. Your old self is still running the show. And the Bible says that a life of sin leads to death. And that's not God sending you there. That's ourselves sending us there. You know, a good picture I've heard is it's like you're, you're in the middle of the ocean and you're drowning and someone's handing you a raft. You are already drowning. And I just want to invite you to take the raft. To say goodbye to your old self, to your old ways, to put off the dirty clothes and to accept Jesus to take on our new selves tonight. So I just want to invite you to just have a moment with God. Just right in this moment right now. Don't need any lifted hands or I don't need anybody to run up to the altar, although you can do either of those if you want to. But I just what I want to challenge you to do is that if you're in either of those categories, I want you to first acknowledge it between yourself, acknowledge it to yourself and acknowledge it before God. And then second, I want you to do something about it. I want you to tell somebody that you trust. I want you to say, I want you to repent of that. I want you to acknowledge it, bring it out into the light and not let it live in darkness anymore. So if you're in any of those, I just want you to respond in either of those ways. God, I just praise you and I thank you for everybody here, God. I just thank you for this new life you've given us. I pray that we reach up to you with everything that we have. God, we give our lives to you. It doesn't have to look pretty. It doesn't have to look perfect. It can take a lifetime to get there. But God, I just give you all that I have. I open up every door of my thoughts, every door of my feelings to you. We give you everything, Jesus. God, we repent of our old ways, Jesus. Jesus, we love you and we thank you so much. In Jesus' name, let's respond tonight.
us. We just allow you to convict us, God. We invite conviction, and conviction is focused on you. Conviction is focused on moving forward. Shame is focused on how bad we are in our past. God, we invite your holy conviction in and we rebuke shame in the name of Jesus. Jesus, just challenge us all in our own way of how we can have a deeper relationship with you so that we can reach up to you with everything we have, God. God, we ask that you live, that we can live this out throughout our week, throughout our days, throughout our nights, God. That in the morning we can feel your presence and your joy and we can go to bed at that same feeling, God. God, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to take some work. But that's what we want. we got to start somewhere, God. So Jesus, we just invite you to have your way in our lives, in our week, in our months, in our summer, God. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Let's give God some praise tonight, you guys. being with you guys. I hope you guys come back next week. It's a lot of fun. Tomorrow night, we are having our Elevate Tribes. That is a great place to build relationships and get to know the people around you. If you want to know more about tribes, just talk to a leader. That's a, that's a great place to share your convictions with the people that, with, the, with what you felt tonight, you know? I'm losing my words. Okay, I gotta, I gotta, I'm going to go home. I'm going to watch Kenobi. You guys have a great week. God's best is around the corner. See you guys next week.